cultural shocks. Like, we're never really prepared for them as an immigrant. Like, no one prepares you for them. Like, just like Osibo in this episode, like, I remember my, one, of, one of my first times just trying to get someone to come fix something for me in the house. So I Googled where I could go to. They said, oh, Google to TaskRabbit. I went on TaskRabbit. I saw someone there, and I checked his... There was a, there was a guy, I think, his prize for the cost of coming to fix my office desk. People, my eyes popped. Like, I just... And then there's also the fact that when you just move, one of the things that you keep doing is that you keep converting every bill or every invoice to your home currency and i'm like no way i'm gonna pay that amount of money to the to this um, technician to come do that you know but and then you discover that yo there's a reason why everyone does it themselves and so you do it yourself you know and it wasn't any different like it was literally the same thing with him you you really are on your own i'm so used to like you know i was i was so used to literally like you know picking up the phone and there's always a you know, a number to call to fix something, you know, to fix something. And that could be anything. Now you're literally, you know, on your own, on your own. You you have to do it yourself. So the DIY mentality, for example, I, you know, for me was was huge. So this was the first time that, because again, if it was so, for example, if it was just me, this was the first time, just me, I'll be all right, you know. If the power went out hypothetically or something happened, I'll just, I'll just live with it. But if you got family, you can't not fix it. You got. You have to yeah. you know, find it around. Um, so, the DIY thing was for me was like, oh my god, I've got to learn how to do X Y Z. I've got to, you know, to do. You know, I know the standard thing now. It says you go cut grass. You know, <laughs> you you, or you know, the standard where you go shovel. You know, I mean. So I, the joke with me and my my friends, my friend boss were like, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I can't talk to you now. I need to go shovel snow. And they was like, what? <laughs> but I've gotten better. I mean, I think you we have no choice, right? You adapt or you complain. And in this episode with Osibo, we talk about, you know, why he and his family left Nigeria and why his career was at the up. And I, I feel like that's one thing people don't talk about. You know, that the choice of saying, hey, I'm on the rise here. My new next promotion is clear. You know, all those sort of things. And then I have to decide to leave all that and go start life again in a new country. That is a really, really huge fence to climb for a lot of people you know and then we'll talk about dealing with the stress of living apart from his family because he had to spend some time shortly between nigeria and canada you know and he talks about his first night in canada you know and more enjoy all right let's get straight into it um I'll, just, I'll, I'll start off with why did you leave nigeria because <laughs> i know you had you had um was i forgot the i forget the, the tbwa TBWA. TBWA. So like, yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, it, it's, so the time when, so the funny thing is that we moved in 2019, but we'd been having, my, my wife and I had been having that conversation for pretty much, I think we literally started the process like in 2015, but it was very half-hearted. It's like, you know, and, but then when you go back to the reasons, it's very, at now, it's very basic thing. So it's like, you know, little triggers, you know, for example, like, you know, um, we're home one day and you know how it is back home you know you have like three or four different levels of power generation so at my home of course you had standard nepa you had a petrol gen a diesel gen solar you know that kind of thing then it was just one very crazy night where everything just failed there was the transformer in the estate had gone so we switched to the petrol gen and then you know the the, the maid you know had, who had gone to put fuel in the in the gen put it in the wrong one put petrol in the diesel gen so it couldn't come on 
then we had to, to rely on solar and she hadn't charged the property. So it was weird. So it was about 1 a.m. and all the house off. So it was in darkness. My wife and I were just talking and it was a case of, you know, why are we, you know what, this is crazy. I mean, you know, we used to joke about it in Nigeria that, you know, in Nigeria you have to create your own world. So, you know, it means that you can choose to live in an estate. You do your own borehole. You get your own power source. You do get your own security. But the reality of it is that as soon as you drive out of your estate, you know, there's a damn fool guy who's going who's gonna to hit your car and just start begging. So it was a weird, like, strangely 30-minute conversation that night. It was like, you know, I just explore the options. We lived elsewhere, outside Nigeria as well. But we just thought, you know, let's do something with this thing. So we started the process around that. But we're, we're a bit, how to put it, not so serious about it until we had a small medical thing with my, one of my daughters who was ill in hospital and they were told she was misdiagnosed and then we had to get a second opinion. It was, it was touch and go with her. And I think right after that, my wife just said, you know what, full speed ahead, you know, I'm doing this thing. Like, I think she literally went and did, redid IELTS like on the Monday or something like that. And it, was, it took a while, but yeah, we finally got there eventually. So, yeah. I mean, before you even go to the, the other things, everyone says, oh, better life and yada, yada, yada. That's, and that, that's the big picture of it. But, you know, the, the, it's, that's what I was saying. It's little things that just trigger that. You understand that mm-hmm. there's a better way to live life, you know, live life. And you thought, you know, I might as well explore that path as well. Yeah. I, I want to see if I can dig a bit deeper into that sure. exact moment, like when. So, do you think that. Between the first time, the first moment you spoke about when, you know, uh, mm-hmm. when everything had filled with power yeah. and you were having that conversation and when your daughter's misdiagnosis, um, like, can you, can you talk about the exact moment when you said you had that, like, I'm done with this, like, you know, can you, do you remember it, like how it felt and what, you know, what, what exactly at that point, yeah, there's the whole thing going on, but absolutely, what exactly mm-hmm. triggered that, hey, look. It's over. Like I'm not doing this again. No, I, I think to be fair, my, my wife probably hit that moment before I did. So I think for her it was just a case of and it it boiled back down to even if you have the money, you you know, you have you can afford you can afford it. The standard of living that you potentially can and should have just, you know, it wasn't all always there. There was always those triggers. But I think for me the moment probably just hit it more because it was obviously my daughter's that one was was, was super important. It was a I remember sitting down with her and then she says, she literally says, you know, do you have your phone? Just pay for this IELTS thing now. Like literally just pay for it now. It was just that whole, so I'm like, uh, okay, you know, because we'd done it before in 2015. We both had our scores. We were very chilled about it, you know, because we felt like the, the power situation thing was as an overreaction. I have because of Nepal, you want to believe that. It didn't make sense then. But, you know, I think it became more personal when, when you know, it was something to do with our child, you know, and then we realized this is nonsense, you know, this is absolute nonsense. So she hit that moment. And I think, and I remember paying for it and thinking, oh, you know, okay, you know, where, where do you go from here? But I think as, as we got along the process as well, it just happened, you know, in Nigeria, this was 2018, 2018, 2017-ish, you know, around that time as well. It wasn't like that, like politically, or there was any, you know, obvious instability and things. But I think for me, on a personal level, it really just hit in terms of, of, when I say comparing, you know, what the options are for the path for my for my kids, you know, for, for my kids, that was when I thought, you know what, I'll be doing them a disservice if I don't explore this path to give them the chance to actually, you know, live a different life. Even so, I've lived my life. I've, I've been lucky to have some exposure and all, all of that. But it makes sense. Nigeria of today or as I then, you know, isn't going to give them that sort of, you know, access. So I might as well just 
do it. You know, do it, do it. So it wasn't one particular moment, but for my wife, I know it was, I know, I can tell you like my wife that particular day, I just knew, she said, just watch your phone, pay for that thing like right now. <laughs> you know how it is. I just I was okay, I'm going to pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that moment, you just have to pay for it. Like, no you just pay. Going back. Then, no going back. And I think in fairness, she was very determined. You know, she just like, you know, I don't care what you do. You know, because the flip side of it is that I was not, I was conflicted about moving and we'll get to that in a bit, but she was very clear about, I don't care what you do, right? you know, but we are going to, as a family, make this decision and move and then we'll figure it out, you know, how, why you want to play your own cards afterwards. I want to kind of, fa- I wanted to fast forward to ask you, so let's yeah. go to when you now finally moved, but I, I think sure. goes, let's talk a bit about the conflict you just mentioned now. Yeah. Uh, like, so, and I can understand in the sense that you were, because I, I think we had met while back in Nigeria. You were well yeah. experienced. You had done a lot of great things for your career there. You were, you know, you were on the up. You know, so how did you deal with that emotion, all that at that point in time, with the wife putting all the pressure <laughs> and then the work and all that? I think you know the way I resolved it in my head was that was to was I was going to find a balance between both sides. You know, and. So even as I was always exploring, you know, what are the options? I think I was always exploring, okay, you know, options of moving my family there, but also what is the option? How does it work if I'm going to work from here? And, you know, I mean, I think I understood double taxation, even from that point, understanding those little nuances, even from well before we moved, I was ready for, I was ready for that. Because like, like you said, I was, I was doing well in my career. I was, I, was, I was, you know, I was super excited of the trajectory that I was on. I was growing, you know, even between what we, between this, point where um, we made this big decision around, you know, about, oh, let's make the move. And when we finally left, I was even growing even more, you know, in that, in that period. So even more incentive not to up sticks and, ju- and just go. go. So, but I think mentally, uh, it, it will show up, you know, obviously in terms of when finally did, didn't make the move. My mind was always a case of, you know what, I will have this thing where I establish a balance of having my family here in Canada. And I'll, I'll keep driving, keep doing what I was doing in Nigeria and make it work somehow, you know. I mean, it's easier said than done, as we, I, I discovered, obviously, mm-hmm. later on. But it was, it was, I was very, very clear about that being the plan as well. So it gave me comfort in, in terms that it wasn't a case of, you know, for example, there was, no, there was no conflict between my wife about the move. We were clear we were going to make the move. It was just about, okay, for me on a personal level, from a, from a career point of view, I was going to do the shuttle, basically. Yeah. So now let's fast forward to sure. the move. Mm-hmm the first night how did you deal with it <laughs> so so you know it was weird because um the journey towards that you know the whole process of, of when we put in our documentation and all of that it it took a while most of, i have a close friend who literally i told him on the phone hey you know look i've applied for this thing he had not even started this process he started this process a month after me and got his everything in like two months. So I was telling him, you know, there's no way you you got this. What I see PPR, you know, got it like there's no way you must have been doing it. I was like, no, no, no. I really just started after it. I took a while. So we've been waiting for it for, for a while. So it was a bit of, oh God, just let this thing just come, you know, let it just, just show up and let's just move on with it. So fast forward to when it did arrive, and, and then you know, it was similar again in the case of you know, it happened when we got to just put the ticket. I think we just planned to, you know, what's the date? Just buy a ticket one month from now. It was a case of let's just go, and moving. And luckily, we came, you know, in some like you know, sometime in April, so it was good weather. So, getting first night was like, luckily I have, you know, I have a good friend who's here, lives here in Saga with me, who'd come get, got us from the airport. We got an Airbnb, and 
it was it was interesting because for my kids, when I got two girls, for my kids, we'd done maybe like a week or so of prepping or two weeks of prepping. Hey, look, you're going, your lights are going to change, you know, you know, the hands. So just trying to prep and things like that. So the first night was was interesting. We got in the morning. I remember it was the morning flight. And obviously with the time difference and non-jet lag, we went, we had too much energy. I think the, the you know, adrenaline was still pumping, you know, as well. So we got into Airbnb, nice, nice place as well. So we walked around the, neighborhood and i think we saw it said okay you know what we're landing in saga we kind of like the vibe you know it's not like we had any other frame of reference per se but you know we thought you know what this is where we're going to be so first night was i mean was a was interesting because i think my kids couldn't sleep when i was at up and i just got so tired i just said you know what this thing i just i just i just come back i think my kids stayed up all night you know you know, you know they're just so super excited we're living it was a it's a high rise i know we i mean we, lived, we lived in the you know, standard duplex in nigeria so it was high rise they're so excited about everything um it wasn't snowing or anything so they went you know, there wasn't any of that you know in terms of to excite them but it just felt like this is different and, and how, how we just make them go so that, that it was an interesting Adrenaline field night. Let's just put it that way. But mostly everything went well. Mostly. How, how old are your kids? My kids are now, hold on a second, nine going on 10 and 11 going on 12. So nine and 11. Yeah. I have to always calculate so that. that. Means, yeah, going about six, about six, six and uh, so five. This was 2019. Nine years will be like, yeah. Six and eight. Yeah. Six and eight. Six, six and eight. Six and eight. Yeah, so I can imagine, yeah, yeah like for the eight-year-old, like that's a huge, like, yeah, like it things is. have really changed. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is that, you know, why also, in a way, I'm kind of grateful that we, they moved at that age was also because they still have some good memories of, of Nigeria. Because for me, that I think that's that's also mm-hmm. really important. So they could, and sometimes we have to correct the, because they, they misremember things, let's put it this way. But then John's like, nope, that's not what happened. <laughs> Nigeria, let's make sure you have the right information <laughs> as well. As well. Mm. And now, that that first night, while your kids were playing, you mm. know, they, they, everything was pumping, while you're taking the walk around, yeah. what was going through your mind with, like, your, your all, you had, all you have been struggling with balance and dealing with you know I, I think the first thing that was very very stark was immediately you know how you have a support help support system in nigeria right where i mean literally you know how it is so literally you know when i was living in nigeria my driver dropped to her home we had a security guy we had you know it was really, and support staff was really like four people, four people at home but yeah i just thought oh my god you're on your own man you know, and that's where when I was logging like luggage through like elevators and I was like, oh my God, you're on your own. And I'm going back to that balance. And I was thinking, by the next day, I was thinking, oh my God, if I'm going to have to leave head back and leave my wife with this kid, you know, how's she going to, to, to manage that? That It was strange that it was literally the second day. It just started, it became a bit of a worry, you know, in my head, you know, which now negated all the balance that I thought I was, was, was going to have because immediately I thought, oh my God, this is going to be a challenge because it's not the same. You know, she's, she's not, there's no, there's nobody, you know, there's no support system you get out, um, out, outside that. So for me, that was really key. The other thing that I think just looking around was, for me, was that I didn't want the the sell, the sell down period, you know, to be too, you know, difficult for them as well. So it, it also influenced certain decisions in terms of, you know, where we'd end up living while I wasn't around, um, how to manage that as well. Because for me, it was about how do I establish as much, make this whole process as seamless as possible for my wife and kids so that 
when I'm trying to achieve balance by being in Nigeria, I want to be worrying about it. So it was strange that literally the second, as soon as I woke up, that was what was on my mind. Like, oh my God, you know, I need to find that way to just establish that balance for them. When you look back now, mm. do you still ever move back to Nigeria at some point? Or you well, yeah, I did. Stayed? No, 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 I, I did. I, I mean, my plan was always that I was... So I, I actually, it was weird. I, I I came down here with them. I was with them for three weeks, you know, I think. I said maybe three weeks to four weeks, you know, just to settle them down. And then I went back to Nigeria, back to Nigeria. And then pretty much I was doing the whole back and forth, back and forth thing, which, you know, in retrospect was crazy. One, because first and foremost, you know, it was crazy. One, purely because I was still working in Nigeria. Just the, you know, it's not like, you know, we're used to, as Nigerians, we go to the UK, just up the road, six hours, you're there, same time zone, you know, you feel like it's, it's nothing. But when you... The journey, particularly me that I like doing connecting flights and things like that, you know, the journey coming all this way is literally like a day and you're going five or six hours back. So it, it disrupts everything, you know, you know, the way you, you work. And I was trying to do that, those trips maybe every couple of months, you know, because what was also important for me was A, was to, as part of the whole balance thing was, was that I wasn't going to be that guy who was going to sit in Nigeria for six months and come. I wanted to, you know, be present. I wanted to come, come, yeah. come around and, and all that. And, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's the best laid plans of men. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, <laughs> you know, you're like, you're so sure about it. But then by the time certain reality started hitting in terms of, you know, the constant back and, back and forth, you know, the constant back and forth, I obviously needed to manage, obviously, you know, uh, my career in Nigeria. That, that meant kind of my role I was in meant some, Physical availability was key, so even if like it wasn't like I was like work remotely, you know. Well, I mean, of course, it was pre-pandemic, of course, you know. And at yeah. that point, nobody could work remotely, yeah. but yeah. So it was a it was it was a thing for me. So I mean, I went back literally. It became in April. I went back in May 2019, and I think I probably came back in July. It was, it was back and forth for for a while. I want to ask a couple of questions around this this moment, this period. Yeah. And- and some of them might be very difficult just to be warn you ahead of time um sure the first one i was going to ask the first one would be how did you deal with the the stress of moving back and forth across both countries or both continents how did you deal mm. with it how did your wife and your marriage deal with it how did the kids yeah. deal with it you know just kind of exploring that because like there's an argument that's made that it's always just better for everyone it's really young families to just move yeah. at once and when you finish talking about it, I want you to tell me whether you feel like that argument is worth it. Like just because you've actually experienced it for a couple of, for some months or a year or so. Yeah. No, no, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it is. And I, I hear you when I even say it's a difficult conversation. Um, okay. But, but it's, but it's, it's valid. It's a valid, it's, it's a valid, valid concern because yeah. So for me on, on a personal level, it meant a lot of adjustments for me, for me, which meant, for example, that because I really, you know, good to point I made, I really wanted to be present. What that meant was that I would be up at, you know, I had to stay up late to to talk to the girls, you know, talk to the girls when they go back from school, you know, um, you know, here when I was in Nigeria, and so that for me was super important. The other side of it was in terms of obviously for on the kids as well, in terms of, you know, as they're growing without my physical presence, for example, the issues around the standard things, standard discipline, you know, the dad's not here, they feel they can get away with certain things, you know, because my you know, wife is trying to manage, you know, two two girls who are going into a certain stage who are getting back deeply into the talk backstage, you know, it, it yeah. just it, it just becomes, you know, different. And then, you know, there was a strain because, you know, my wife at that point in time, you know, um, she wasn't working immediately, you know, and she had to go back to school, you know, and, and it was just her and the girls. So, so there was a 
the balance I was sending was, hey, look, you know, look, there's a numbers game here where something needs to fund this, you know, this, this, whole, this, this whole thing, which is what I'm trying to do in Nigeria. But at the same time as well, there's only so much money, you know, can do that can that doesn't make up for physical presence, you know. For example, if she had to study, if she had to do things, if she had to go, you know, it, it was just her and, and the kids. So that 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 puts a bit of a strain in terms of, oh, look, I'm having to deal with these things constantly, you know, I need your help here, which for me was now, oh, yeah, well, I'll come every couple of months, you know, but it still wasn't quite the same, you know. It yeah. still wasn't quite quite the same as well. But the way I used to I was justify to myself was, frankly, was kids of, it was more of a financial justification. Okay, you know what? You're in school. Something has to pay for it. You know, so that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing. So we need to find that sort of balance. But for, for my girls as well, ultimately, when this is further down the line, you know, when I come and I have to go back, and you could see that that whole they felt the, the disconnect in terms of oh, you know, do you have to go? Why do you have to? Why do you have to head out? In fact, there was a. I know it was so weird in December 2019. I flew into Toronto on like I think it was on the 23rd. Back of December, and I had to fly out again on the 26th because I had a shoot in South Africa. So it was. So I literally came for for three days, and I flew out again. I was going to come back, but for them, they just didn't get it. You know, they just didn't get it. It's like, but you just got here. You know, just didn't get. It. I'm like, yeah, but Daddy has to go do these these things. You know, I'll be back in a week. But for them, it was a case of, oh, we're not actually sure if it means that. I'm just saying that to be nice. You know, that that's yeah. kind of that. And I remember when I was on the plane heading back, I thought, about, you know, these girls are really feeling this thing, eh? you know, I, I need to, to think through, through, through all, all, all of that. So, so it was it was those things that were, that, were, that were challenging. So my justification was, I'm doing it for the money, right? So I did the money because, you know, going back to the whole, oh, well, okay, but you can make money in Canada as well. But in my head, I was like, I'm not, you know, I don't want to have that gap, you know, which I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, I wasn't ready to take that risk at that point in time, you know. Now, you, you talked about thinking about the girls feeling the dis, the, dis, the disconnect and all that. Did yeah. that happen on your way to SA or when you're coming back? No, it was on my way to. I I, I really remember because you know the, the reaction to my heading you back was was quite emotional. You know, so and for me, you know, sometimes as a, as a, maybe I was thinking, oh, it's not, what's the big deal? I'm only going for you know, I'll be back. You know, I'll I'll, I'll be back. So you know. I got that, maybe my wife got that, but they didn't, you know, for them it was a case of, oh, you just got here. And the reason I even did the whole, I'll come to Canada if I go to South Africa was because I always said to them, oh, you know what? I always come for Christmas, you know, just to create that sort of thing of, you know, I made that commitment. So that's why I did the whole, I mean, the physical toll on me was actually quite insane. Cause you can imagine flying from Lagos to Canada, 22nd, got to 23rd. And on 20, Boxing Day, three days, I was now going down to South Africa. And you know, this is now, Fly back all the way back and even further down to to, to Cape Town. It was crazy, you know. But I was sure of that. But on, I remember, like, I was sitting down in the lounge, just thinking to myself, oh, "Man, the way these girls are reacting, it's not. I don't like it. I don't like the way it makes me feel." And then, of course, you layer that on top of how some of the of the of the things my wife was feeling as well. It was like, you know, like mm-hmm. she's feeling, ah, I need, you know, I just need help. I mean, she understood why, you know, that, but she said, Look, "Yeah, I get it, but I need this help as well. I don't know how we'll fix it, you know, but we just have to figure figure it out as well." So, at what point was it like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going back and staying. So, so the funny part is this, that <laughs> is that so you don't if, if you fast forward that was um, twenty twenty was the year of the pandemic, so. Yeah. So if I, if I if I'm completely honest, the pandemic forced my hand, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah, so because I, I know that if my I, this date I was talking about, because I remember that I 
So I, after my shoot, I came back to Canada, stayed till maybe mid-Jan, and then I went back to Nigeria. And I was, oh yeah, I was, my plan was to come back again around, you know, sometime, I think at the beginning of April, you know, something like that. So mm-hmm. I left in April just before Easter, at that point in time, and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like it forced my hand, but I do feel like, you know, the way things were going, you know, I would have arrived at that decision within in three to six months, you know, something would have, something would have just you know, tipped it up. You got it. You got it, yeah. Um, the pandemic happened, and I remember that the pandemic started, they did that whole lockdown, it was March 18, I can't remember what date it was, you know. Mm-hmm. And my flight was actually originally going to be um, sometime first week of April or something like that. So I had to go, I remember changing my flight to come back, uh, to coming coming to Canada earlier, and I also I also remember saying to my boss at the time, I said, "Oh, you know, this thing pandemic four 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 weeks max. You know, I'll be back. You know, so I just mentally said, oh, you know, let me just go. I don't want to be away from them if there's a lockdown of any sort. You know, let me just be there. Let me just be there as well. So my, my plan was at least I didn't even pack anything. I remember I, I'd had to carry on. I went to the to the to the airport thinking it'd be four weeks and, and all of that. But I I feel like the way my the interactions with my kids and my wife was was, was going it wouldn't have taken long before i said ah, you know what man this thing because my other my flip my other solution was okay if that's the scenario do i increase the frequency of my coming to canada to every month or so you know what how do you fix yeah. that exactly but the reality of it is that it, it what was needed was more than that you know you know it was more than that particularly the dynamic of the you know of, of our family at the time it was it was beyond that one big visit in the you know every, every month or anything like that. Let's mm-hmm. talk about your biggest cultural shock. Your cultural shock since mm-hmm. you moved. Like what's that? <laughs> so it's. I think the, so. I, when I say this to people, maybe it's also because of my experience. You know, in terms of you know having you know living in a few places around. So I think the for me the I didn't have as much of a culture shock as as most people would have typically had, um, because they, again. I, I'm always, I'm kind of messy. I'm always ready for, you know, to, I'm very adaptable. I'm ready to, to sort of But I, I think the, the thing that from the most important thing was for me was around, I don't know if it's a culture shock, but it, it, it goes back to what I said earlier about you, you really are on your own, you know? Um, I'm so used to, like, you know, I was, I was so used to literally, like, you know, picking up the phone and there's always a, you know, a number to call to fix something, you know, to fix something. And that could be anything. You know, it could be it could be anything. Now you're literally you know on your on your own. You you have to do it yourself. So the DIY mentality, for example, I, you know, for me was was huge. You know, was, was huge because even when I lived in for example Kenya and, and a few other places, I either had some support or anything like like that. That was very different. So this was the first time that because again, if it was so, for example, if it was just me. This was the first time just me. I'll be all right. You know, if the power went out hypothetically or something happened, I'll just I'll just live with it. But if you got family. You can't not fix it. You got. You have to yeah. find it around. Um, so, the DIY thing was for me was like, oh my god, I've got to learn how to do X, Y, Z. I've got to, you know, <laughs> to, to, you know, I know the standard thing now. It says you go cut grass. You know, <laughs> you you, or you know, the standard where you shovel. You know, I mean. So I, the joke with me and my my friends, my phone boss were like, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I can't talk to you now. I just got shovel snow, and they was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was super weird. I, I remember that even my my former driver back in Nigeria. So he called me and goes, ah, you know, ah, John, you know, ah, no, no, John, I did, ah, I did show no snow. He was, ah, he was like, he couldn't understand it because he he couldn't. He was like, ah, 
my guy is shoveling this. I said, Oga, leave this thing. There's no guy in this matter. I need to shovel the snow. There's nothing. There's no guy here at all. So I, I think the DIYness of, of, of it all, you know, is, is probably that one thing that because where I lived before, it was mostly just me. So I didn't have those. I mean, if I left this, it's fine. I didn't yeah. really care what it is. So yeah. So that, that that for me was a huge one. Do you think that, like, did it take your kids time for you all to assimilate back to what it was before you all left Nigeria? Because I can imagine that just all that space in between when you are shuttling back and forth. Yeah. They had grown mm. up a bit. Things had changed a bit with them. Like, how was it? What was, what was the transition period like from being a father that is never around till now? That is, yeah. oh, that is really around. He's not going. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's quite interesting because again, you know, in fact, the this and that's the beauty of all this all this thing, the move is that the dynamic shifted a lot. So, for example, when I was in the period when I was shuttling or wherever it was, um, you know, there's those those scenarios where you know you know how it is when kids first come here, they act up a little bit and then giving small drama, you know, those kind of things where you know they they just cause a scene. I mean, my wife was like, you know. But my natural inclination is to do X, Y, Z the way we did back home. But I need to yeah. adjust and uh, <laughs> to adjust my my style to it as well. So, and you can imagine it being when her maybe getting on the phone to me in Nigeria and saying, "Oh, the kids did, the girls did this," and I'm trying to be that. Oh, well, this is how you should handle it. And she's like, "What do you mean? I'm, are you the one handling it? I'm the one hand- having to deal with it, <laughs> deal with it here." But it was it's, what they meant was that. Because when I when I'd come, you know, I tried to in that one week try to form disciplinarian and all those other kind of people. You know, if you're not there, it doesn't work that as as, as yeah. well. And and then you then pivot all the way to a pandemic, when literally what they'd grown up with me in Nigeria was literally was because I was I mean you know with my work I was traveling constantly. I was probably like out of every couple of weeks I was off somewhere. You know, in, back in Nigeria, to now it's an area where I was literally with them twenty four seven. You know, so they found it super strange, right? They found it super strange. It was strange. Be- it was strange for them. You know, it was, it was strange for them because, and in fact, sometimes I, I, I joke about that. I think to her it was strange as well because she's also used to me going off somewhere. You know, you know, some. But she's like, you know, you just like here all the time. <laughs> you know, you just like here all the time. <laughs> you know, so it's, it, was, it was super weird. But but the the good thing for me, you know, I think ultimately was that being around all the time was because I could see. Going to the point you made about how they were changing and you know how they're growing up, you could see the changes in character, you know, changing character. You could even understand as a, as a parent, you know, those little dynamics of who they were and you know and their, their individuality and, and all of that because you're in such close proximity to them, you know, in the pure way, just literally living together. So you pick up on who's a picky eater, who's a you know who's a picky, who's a light sleep. Things that that you take for granted before, because left to you know, I know culture growing up in Nigeria is like go to bed is go to bed. Yeah. Now you know have to almost like you know structure that you know, and all of that. So it was, and obviously the first year of the pandemic we were all indoors. It was like you know I mean, I'm going anywhere. Um, I, my wife, luck well I don't know she because she works in, in medical space so she had to go out, you know so she had to go out. So it was literally me and the girls get in the house, uh, going through um, online learning and and all the. I uh, became un- unofficial, I uh, the official IT support, all those kind of things. It created an interesting bond and it, and it connect, which I think that for me is one of the big benefits and takeouts of, of the whole pandemic period. So, um, which, which I don't regret that because I, I think it was, it was, it was really good in terms of, you know, getting to them. So for me, it felt like 
the one year where I've been going back and forth, I sort of made up for it in the educated in the, in the <laughs> Yeah, so COVID, COVID had some positives. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. I think, I think it did. Okay, so I think I have two more questions for you, and then we can Sure, answer. sure. Um, no the first one is, um, I, I feel like you've answered it in a way, but when was the first time it hit you that you weren't home? Going back to Nigeria. Yeah, I think obviously yeah, the, the whole DIY necessary, but I think let, let me see if I can find a specific example of wanting to do something. You know, um, I think you also it, it probably have to do with it's it's snow related. You know, one of those things where you know you just assume that you know I was trying to, and I should know this, but I should know, I should know better. Actually, I was. Casually just walking to, you know, um, to catch a, a train or bus, what it was, you get, like casually walking, you know, uh, casually walking. I know how you can, if the bus is going at, at 8.15, it's going at 8.15, you know, 8.15, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm so used to just, you know, like, what the hell, I mean, you know, yes, I'm just going to just casually. And it was silly because, again, like I said, I should know better. But I just thought, you know, I just, it's the walking. It was, I underestimated the walk. It was a cold, snowy day. And I thought, okay, this thing normally would take me five minutes well to the stop to, to the stop so I, so I literally said oh, what the hell I was literally at home waiting you know till it was five minutes and I got up and then I realized that if you're going to walk in the snow that's you have to add on like maybe like three or four or five minutes because it's a, it's a completely different ball game entirely and I got there saw the, the you know the train there the doors were shut I was looking at it like this and the guy, they left me you know I was like what as he was oh man so I, I, you can imagine like you know back home that, that, that was not something that I, and I had to deal with ever at home, you know, you know, because at that point, quote unquote, I'm the master of my destiny, controller. There's no, I'm the one telling you when to leave or when not, when not to leave. But to leave. I'm thinking, oh God, you know, and it was super annoying because then I had to go back home because you know I had, to, I had to go back home. Do you get? It? I had to go back out. Oh my God, I completely missed that. You know, I was like, oh God, you know, I completely missed that. And I also, oh man. Dude, next time you just learn that you know you're not nobody's gonna wait for you. You're not working on your own time here. <laughs> nobody's working on your own time. Yeah, you know, yeah. In, in Nigeria we tend to control a lot of the things. I mean, well, Absolutely. we control some things, not a lot. Things. Yes, things we don't control a lot. Um, have you ever ever regretted being here? No, because I, I'm I'm not one for no regrets. So. It, Almost every move that I ultimately make, you know, is, is I think it through. Sometimes I think not, not I overthink it, but I think it, you know, multiple times through. I think, okay, you know, how could this, how would this play out? You know, how did it work out? How did you know all the things that could possibly go wrong? And then how do you mitigate against those kind of things? Uh, so that's how I usually approach things as well. And then the, the challenge for me was always a case of if I was going to make the transition was again to sludge around. Okay, if my family can settle down, that's great. If my wife can obviously settle down to a career, that's great. Which thankfully, you know, take those two boxes up. It was now a case of now, okay, me as a person, for example, how do I make that transition? And and, and that's where those complications come in because you know, coming from you know, the background, the role I was in, how much of a compromise would I be willing to make in terms of my career to make things happen? And you know, and I had certain lines. I wasn't going to go, you know, the sense I wouldn't do, you know, that I wouldn't do because it is what it is. And I, I. In fairness, I did have a bit of a, you know, I don't know, like a safety blanket in terms of being able to still do something from, from here to back home. And then that gave me a bit of a bit of a comfort blanket, if you, a safety blanket, if you, if, you, if you would. But that would have been what may have made me feel like, oh, man, why did I make this move? Why did I make this move? If I think 
Because again, the kind of drive that I have and I think I want to do, you know, if I'm unable to do them, particularly from a professional point of view, I'll, I'll struggle with that. But I was lucky that, you know, like I said, I had a few things I could still, you know, run back home that gave me a bit of okay, breathing space and, and, and that. But otherwise, there's no regrets. There's, um, it's, a, it's a different experience. Uh, I think for me, the joy that I find in it is, is that, you know, for example, first my wife being able to switch back into the career that she prefers to be in, you know, versus what she was doing back home in Nigeria. And my kids, you know, obviously growing, growing and I think, you know, when you see the individuality and, and how they become, you know, they blossom, you, you kind of like, you get some joy from it as well, you know. So those things were working for me. It was an easy thing for me to say, well, this was a good move mentally. I like, I like that. I like especially the part about your wife being able to switch yeah. your career. As I yeah. tell people that moving to a new country is a chance to start again in almost anything. Absolutely. So just make Absolutely. And start again. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, thank you so much, Osibo. Like this has been really good. Um, this has been a really good ten five minutes just talking about moving. Um, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. Newcomers podcast. Thanks so much, In my conversations with newcomers like Osibo and myself, because I'm a newcomer too, you know, I'm learning just like there's a common thread that binds every single one of us. You know, it's the journey of finding home in an unfamiliar place, and we're often reminded of the places we've left behind, the warmth of our origins. But you know, every experience, every cultural shock, every reminder is literally a step and a, or a building block in building our new home away from home. And it's in these moments, you know, that and in these shared stories that we find connection, understanding, and the reminder that home isn't just where we're from, it's also where we choose to be. And Thank you so much for giving me the chance to tell you all the stories. So please, thank you for taking your time to listen to this episode. Please subscribe, share, like. I would really appreciate all that. Thank you.